The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Ladies and gentlemen, what's going on? Welcome to this week's episode of the Steelers Outpost Podcast, brought to you proudly by Sports Drink Network. This is Nick coming to you from Houston in the car once again on the way to gigs and sessions and yada, yada, yada in the middle of just glorious final week of football, which has provided us with so much news in and around the Super Bowl and in and around the Steelers. So... Where I left off, I think I pumped out an emergency episode on, oh crap, we just hired Arthur Smith. And I'm not sure what the situation with the mustache is going to be. You know, obviously, if you've been following along on Twitter, it, the key to this whole situation is mustache, right? It, it, if Arthur Smith has the mustache, I think there was even a stat put up by uh, a new guy I started following who I retweeted. Damn, I can't remember his name, but he did actually... I back this up statistically for me. Guy averages about 30 points per game when he's got the mustache. He's averaging about four or five, you know, give or take, without the mustache. So we can dig into that regarding Arthur Smith, the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive coordinator, hiring. We can dig into the fact that the Steelers are about to get one of the greatest running backs in the history of the franchise back on the team. Keep in mind, the Pittsburgh Steelers have a few of the greatest running backs to ever play the game. Obviously, Le'Veon Bell's coming back. That's going to bring Antonio Brown back. Ben is looks like he's in better shape now than he ever was even in his playing day. So we'll get to all that. But here's what I here's what I got to get down to. I've had a couple of days to di- digest the Arthur Smith news. And, you know, sometimes you record these pods and you basically go into a football blackout. So I can't totally remember what I said because there was a lot of things there. But I know that I can distill my thoughts down into a couple sentences right here with the Arthur Smith hiring. I think what I dislike about the Arthur Smith hiring is the process. I don't like the process in which Mike Tomlin and the Steelers utilize to hire Arthur Smith because it kind of flies directly in the face of... Well, flies directly, I guess, in in tandem or in concert with Mike's biggest mistakes. Like this feels like, oh my gosh, I, we've seen this before. This type of hiring, you gotta please stop hiring guys who have very bad track records at their position, and you're kind of going with a hope and pray for this particular person. And that's a bit of what I have felt like they've done with Arthur Smith from a process standpoint. So I do not like the process of hiring him, but I don't think that that explicitly means this is going to be a bad hiring that does not work out. 
because I think there are plenty of reasons you can look up at Arthur Smith and say, hey, this, this could actually fit very well for what the Steelers are doing. I think we've talked about it on the podcast over the past few years. Matt Canada, it just could not be understated how badly that guy torpedoed the team, you know, via Mike Tomlin, who put him in position and refused to take him out of position because he couldn't admit a mistake in time, right? Like, this guy was far below average coordinator for, for offenses in the NFL. And then you brought in a couple guys who were already on the team, Mike Sullivan and Faulkner, who had never called plays before, and you saw them do just some, some basic play calling tactics, you know, utilizing the middle of the field, being less predictable formationally. And you saw how much success the Steelers had with a guy like Mason Rudolph, who we've seen a lot of his career. And like I said, the story has been so much fun to root for Mason in those games, but nothing about his game has changed. Like Mason is extremely overwhelmed physically when he's in those games. And I just say that from the standpoint of when you're comparing him to an NFL starting quarterback, some guy who's going to start every game for, for you, let alone if you're comparing him to a really good quarterback, let's say Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff. And then, of course, you could see if you just watch, you know, Joe Burrow or, or Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes play next to Mason Rudolph, the comparison of Mason Rudolph to those guys is like, oh, it's a different planet. It's, just, it's never going to happen, right? And so I'm not trying to be a dick about Mason Rudolph but all I'm saying is you got a couple really probably average play callers at best with a quarterback who his ceiling would be average. And with that, the Steelers had a lot of success offensively. So it kind of just goes to show you Matt Canada really tanked us. And if the Steelers could acquire an average offensive coordinator with all the talent that they've been accumulating and hopefully will continue to accumulate over the next year, they could have a really solid offense. And that's still in play for Arthur Smith. So here's what I think a little bit more, just digging down into it now after having some time to think about it and some time to look at statistics and probably more importantly, film breakdowns that guys have put online of Arthur Smith. So the one thing that really stood out to me is the idea that Arthur Smith did not actually fail as badly as the public made it out to seem in terms of getting the ball to his playmakers in Atlanta. Um, when you see that Bijan Robinson actually had like the second amount of touches or something compared to Christian McCaffrey in the entire NFL and Kyle Pitts, when you look at his usage numbers and you look at these guys, it's actually a lot better than we think it was. And I know statistics don't, mean a ton without context, but I'll admit, looking at those numbers, those were pretty damn high, and you can kind of trace the rest back to, well, the reason why you didn't see those players go off is because the quarterback play is so bad, with Desmond Ritter particularly and Marcus Mariota, and like I've said in this podcast many times, I would have loved to have seen Taylor Heineke get a chance to play consistently over there, not because I think Taylor Heineke was going to lead them to a Super Bowl or a bunch of playoff wins, but because I know that Taylor Heineke can throw the forward pass with some consistency, which Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter have never demonstrated the ability to do. And so if they had Heineke in there, I think we'd see those numbers for Pitts and Bijan and maybe Drake London be more in line with what the public considers those guys to be as players, right? 
And so if you want to go into the quarterback thing, you can say, well, yeah, Arthur Smith is in charge of the team. He selected those quarterbacks. And then like Mon- Mike Tomlin, he couldn't admit when it was time to pull them out. And he bet his entire job on like, okay, Desmond's going to improve. I know this is going to look so bad. I don't think Desmond is good right now, but I am just betting that he will be able to improve. And boom, he didn't. He didn't improve in time and Arthur Smith loses his job. So uh, that's still on him to me, but obviously he's not selecting the quarterback here in Pittsburgh. I mean, unless we're talking about whoever they're going to bring in free agency, it sort of seems like a foregone conclusion that Ryan Tannehill could be one of those guys, his old quarterback in, in Tennessee. And honestly, if you look at the idea of bringing Ryan Tannehill in to compete in training camp, I do actually like that idea because – I think Derek mentioned it, uh, Derek DeKid on Twitter mentioned it, that Ryan Tannehill is still awesome at play-action pass, like deep pass. The guy's got guy's got a crazy spiral, sick spiral, really accurate throwing the ball down the field. But Derek mentioned his movement ability is completely zapped, which uh, I haven't watched Tannehill play enough in the past few years to see that. So I'm definitely just trusting Derek's assessment of that. Uh, kind of interesting because obviously, you know, Tannehill famously college receiver. He can move pretty well. So that's gone. But I actually do think that's helpful for Kenny Pickett in training camp because the legs are not really going to come into the equation that much. But Tannehill would really put the pressure on Kenny to throw the ball down the field. And I think sometimes you need to see that. Like, hey, I'm kind of making this more complicated when I'm in there throwing the ball around. I'm seeing this other guy come in and he's hitting 20 yarders and 40 yarders nonstop. Maybe this is a little bit easier than I think it is to actually go downfield with the ball. And I should just trust the pocket and trust the receivers that way. And honestly, that idea is something I, I hope Kenny was thinking underneath of his crappy answer to whether he learned something from Mason Rudolph's time starting or not, where he just quickly said, no, I didn't, in Zach Wilson fashion, which – once again, it's just a human being is pissed off in an interview. I'm not going to hold that against Kenny forever. But I I hope he really – he did realize that there was a ton he could learn from Mason Rudolph in Mason Rudolph's time playing, even if Kenny's more talented. So um, maybe Arthur Smith does bring in Ryan Tannehill, and I actually think that that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world uh, for the Steelers. I think there could be some good benefits from that. So – Getting the ball to the playmakers, that's still going to be the number one concern for me as a Steelers fan. I am going to continue standing on the table for the idea that the biggest issue with the Steelers right now with this team, they should put everything aside, don't even practice any of anything else except for getting George Pickens the ball. I am deadly serious about the idea that they need to structure the team around getting the ball to that guy. And I'm not saying he's going to have quite the same usage numbers as A.B., who arguably the greatest receiver of all time for that stretch with Ben and the Steelers. But they need to make defenses fear them. And George Pickens can score on any team, on any cornerback, especially with these modern NFL rules. And they need to stop saying, well, we're going to take what the defense gives us on a given day. That's not how offense works. All right? A.B. was doubled every play of his Steelers career. There was never any instance where we were just like, all right, well, you know, they're doubling him, so he's not open. Can't do that. I think you saw how much the offense exploded in the run game and Deontay Johnson and Fryermuth when Pickens is the focal point because the, every defensive play has to have the, the first 
checkbox of, okay, where's Pickens? Have we, like, have we compensated for that? Because if he's just chilling in one-on-one coverage, it's an automatic hot route. We're, we're running a go to Pickens. And it's going to be him catching it, a pass interference, or the best-case scenario is you're getting an incomplete for, as a DB. It's just a nightmare. So I hope that Arthur Smith can do that. Because part of prioritizing a receiver or an offensive weapon, if you really want to make a guy the priority of the offense, you have to move him around in the formations. You have to create picks and create situations for him. And I hope that that's what Arthur Smith does with Pickens. That's kind of my one big concern. Um, you know, I think Derek mentioned on Twitter with some, with some cut-ups that while Arthur Smith has had flashes of awesome run game in Tennessee, and then I think we all kind of forget his first year in, in Atlanta, maybe it was even his second year, they did have a ton of success running the ball. And then we all kind of forgot about it with how bad the final year was, but they were that overachieving team that year where they were able to run on people without really having much talent on on the offensive line or really, you know, quarterback or anything, and they were able to move the ball. And so I think Derek and some other people are complimentary of the ability to run, even though if you, you listen to um, the Yin's No Ball podcast with Brad and John Ledyard, um, you know, they'll mention a lot of the, the running effectiveness was tremendously less successful than Matt Canada even, who actually kind of ranked right at, in the top 10 kind of consistently when he got his stuff together at the end of each one of those seasons or whatever. And the one good thing the Steelers do, if you look into Arthur Smith and the Falcons' success rate, it, it wasn't very good. But all that being said, you know, Arthur Smith has had success doing that, but Derek did mention that the pass game, the drop back traditional pass game is quote-unquote hideous, which causes some room for alarm. And that's definitely what I've always thought looking at Tennessee play. Uh, Obviously, once again, very difficult to tell in Atlanta with the supreme lack of talent at the quarterback position. So, you know, we'll we'll see how that goes, and that's a risk. But the Steelers, they they need to be completely based off of play action and running, and that's how they should survive. So we'll see how that goes. That's a cause for concern. But to me, it is more about, hey, can you get Pickens the ball, and how, Arthur Smith, are you going to adapt – your more zone-based running scheme, which the Steelers absolutely positively sucked at. I mean, they're running for two yards a carry when they were running zone in the beginning of last year. And then they switched to the gap scheme, which is so much better for Najee Harris. I mean, how many first half of the seasons have we looked at Najee and said, why is this guy running to sideways? Like, nobody can, nobody can tackle him if he just runs straight. I mean, he's, at worst case, dragging tacklers for five yards. And then, by the way, when he runs to the side, he can't actually run around any player in the NFL because that is so not his game. And so how is Arthur Smith going to adapt to keep in that trap game and, you know, the gap scheme and the duo stuff that the Steelers have done really well? I really hope that they're smart enough to, to figure that out. Like, hey, we can't just throw that out. We do have something on our offense that we do really well. Arthur, you're going to have to adjust as well. So hopefully he can do that. I think one other thing, when you think about the process and damn it, like the Steelers are taking a, a Kenny Pickett who, who did not have a great uh, college career until the very end. Even when you look at the end of the career, you know, his measurables, uh, size, talent, arm talent, all those things are very real. I know we want to tell this story like 
no, it's all your brain. And Tom Brady had no physical talent at all, even though he's a six four with a monster arm guy. He was very good at Michigan, if not, and just had to split time with Drew Henson. It was a super famous athlete, two-star athlete, baseball, football, and that kind of colored the, his time at Michigan. And guess what? Like, he is really talented, <laughs> even though he can't scramble. Probably more talented than Peyton Manning was, and we never said that about him, right? Well, Kenny, you know, okay, there's a lot of signs that this is not really going to translate incredibly to the NFL, but we're going to take him anyways. Um, Matt Canada, okay, this has never really worked at any college, but we're going to take him anyways. Arthur Smith, overall, his offense was atrocious in Atlanta for three straight years, but he did have that one moment in Tennessee, and we're going to take him anyways. I see fans saying, like, look, when you're the head coach, you might not be as good of a coordinator anymore. And I think that that's a great point to make. Look at Dick LeBeau the greatest Steeler coach of all time after the three head coaches, right? He was not a good head coach in Cincinnati. He came and he was a good coordinator before. And then he went to be a head coach. It didn't work out. And he came back to Pittsburgh as a defensive coordinator. And guess what? He returned to being a phenomenal defensive coordinator. Wade Phillips, another example of that. Trying to think of some more. I mean, I guess, you know, Josh McDaniels with Tom Brady, at least returned positively after failing with the Broncos. Um, there are different examples of that. But I do want to make one distinction here, especially with a lot of those guys being defensive. Uh, think about Mike Munchak as the position coach for the Steelers, greatest line coach they've had in many years, and he didn't do that great in, um, in, t- in Tennessee. But here's the difference. Arthur Smith called the plays in Atlanta, and he designed the offense. And it was three years, and they had a little success – but you don't just get to like totally erase that and say that there are there's just nothing to be worried about there. Because I think offense particularly is different than defense because so much of it is about design, right, on the offensive side. And he was still designing stuff. Uh, so I do think that there's a good chance him not having to be a head coach is extremely helpful for his offensive coordinator abilities. But I'll push back on the fans a little bit to say, like, and those years just don't count at all as a head coach. They just completely vanish. Because that's not, you know, the guy installed the offense, and there's just a tremendous amount of stuff on film that's objective that you can look with concepts and with designs and with his weird penchant for getting the ball probably too often to guys far down the roster list, whereas, you know, you watch great offenses and you look at Kansas City and the playoffs are, are occurring and – as much as we want to complicate it and say, you know, Rasheed Rice, who's going to step up? Who's going to be the receiver? Oh, I guess they're going to throw the ball to Kelsey a lot. Like, yeah, that's what it's about. <laughs> when Debo Samuel goes out in San Francisco, they admit, yeah, the game plan was kind of screwed after that guy went out. You know, you got to get the ball to your players. And sometimes, uh, sometimes that was an issue in Atlanta, despite the numbers being better than we had seen before. So, anyways, there's some positive stuff on Arthur Smith. Obviously, I think the mustache is at the core of this. Let's just cut the crap. You know, Cower, you got some Pittsburgh in you that way. As long as he grows that thing back, we're probably good. There's probably going to be some attitude and probably going to be a great little personality fit there with with Arthur and the rest of the team, I hope. Um, And uh, honestly, it just comes down to that. The rest of this X and O stuff is just kind of for fun. It's just fodder. I'm assuming 
he just wanted to be slightly professional when he came to a new team, a historic team like the Steelers, so he could do his interview with Missy Matthews with a with Arthur having a naked face, and he'll get that mustache going for training camp, hopefully for OTAs, and we'll be okay. So that's that. One other critical issue, a critical matter of business that we need to cover here today is the issue of an immediate return to glory. Because I remember when the Steelmen had the Killer Bees, not only Ben and A.B., and Le'Veon Bell, Chris Boswell, but Martavis Bryant, even Vince Williams, as he coined himself. What a sick team that was. It was so much fun to watch. The good news for us is that it's coming back because Le'Veon Bell is coming out of retirement. He's playing for the Steelmen, and he's immediately going to be the starting running back. He's 32 years old. That doesn't matter. He's going to be the best running back in the league. Once again, we're going to reclaim our glory. And while we're at it, A.B. is still out there. A.B. is still out there as – a sentence the police might utter at times as well in a negative sense, but I believe we can rehabilitate him emotionally, uh, get to the core of his issues, which cause him to throw uh, penile gummies at police officers and commit other sorts of crimes that are actually uh, more serious. Potentially, I'm not saying actually committed you know crimes allegedly. Uh, I don't know how podcasts work and accusations work. I'm just trying to say that yeah, he's had some off the field issues. Uh, but they'll resolve those. And A.B. And, and, and Le'Veon Bell are coming back to the team because Le'Veon Bell just said in a snap, series of Snapchats that at 32 years old, he wants to attempt to make an NFL comeback, and he only wants to play for one team, and you know who that is. And he was talking about the Steelers. He's talked about only wanting to play for Mike Tomlin recently, yada, yada. Um, once he gets back on the team, A.B. will say, all right, let's do this thing. And obviously they'll both just show up at Ben's house and say, Ben – you are clearly in better shape now than even in your playing days. That elbow is probably healed up. Let's get back out there. Let's get the boys back out there for one last ride. Martavis Bryant just got cut by the Cowboys. I think we can get the whole band back together. So I know that there's probably a lot of fans saying, why is this even news? I mean, obviously the Steelers need a running back three, but Le'Veon's 32 and Last time we saw him in the league for a number of teams, I want to say, didn't he play even for like the Bucks for a minute? I mean, obviously the Chiefs, when his first other team was the Jets. You know, he didn't look anything remotely like the superstar running back he was for the Steelers. And to that, I say, you just answer your own question. Steelers. He's going to play for the Steelers. His powers will return, and we will experience incredible glory. And the only difference is, this time he's going to have some guys to actually spell him so he doesn't have to get four or 500 touches a year because Jalen Warren, Najee Harris, pretty great. And you're talking about a complete run-based attack with Arthur Smith and Kenny Pickett or whoever plays quarterback after him. Like You're going to need some horses in the stable. And if, you know, if Bradshaw can still throw a few passes, I don't care because refer back to the first point, Steelers. Bradshaw, Steelers, I don't care if he's 90. He's throwing 90-yard touchdowns if he plays for the Steelers. So I think it's probably best before any speculation gets out of control for me to just sort of nip that one in the bud and say, obviously, this is a good idea. Obviously, it's going to happen. And obviously, we'll be the most happy fan base on the planet. So let's see if a couple guys, and Artie Smith and Le'Veon Bell, can regain their form uh, from you know five, six, seven, eight years ago. Because that would be awesome be awesome for all of us. 
I have other thoughts on the on the NFL, but I'm not going to give them right now. So I'm riding around, and I don't want to just absolutely slice y'all's ears drums, your ears drums to pieces with this phone quality recording. But I think we've covered the main basics. Frisman, Frisman Jackson, I believe that's his name, the wide receivers coach for the Steelers, was let go today or contract not renewed or something like that. We'll see if there are some more changes on the horizon. Somebody mentioned one of the Steeler greats, Antoine Randall one of the greatest, one of my first favorite players ever. He was, I don't know if he's taking interviews for offensive coordinator jobs, but he's been with the Lions. You know, before that, I believe he was with Arians and all the Steelers in Tampa with Tom Brady and those guys, Brian Leftwich. So maybe Antoine Randall comes in as receivers coach, passing game coordinator. I saw that suggested on Twitter. Sorry, I cannot remember who suggested it. I think you got to give Antoine a shot in these instances. Obviously, the mind of a quarterback, star quarterback at Indiana. But the agility of a receiver. No, not afraid to get in there, mix it up, make it happen. So let's see what the Steelers do to round out the rest of their coaching stuff. I will be curious to see if they do get like a pass game coordinator or some sort of specialist like that. I think that that will be a great idea. And I sort of think that um, not doing that might be a little... I don't, I don't know. I think they need to do something like that. I don't think the solution to their offensive play calling woes can just be, all right, we're going to bring in Arthur Smith and we're just going to roll the dice. You know, Mike Tomlin and Rooney talked about in their postseason press conferences that they need to find ways to do things differently. Arthur Smith and that hire does not represent anything different to me really at all. Like, yeah, okay. You just, you're, we're plugging in another guy. He's had play calling experience. Okay, I guess that differentiates him from Canada and Feetner, but they had hired Haley. They hired plenty of guys before Arthur Smith who did have play calling experience. So I think that doesn't really qualify as a massive change. You need to find some other stones to, to overturn. And a pass game coordinator or a run game coordinator, something like that would be wise for the Steelers to do. I don't know why they don't have that. I don't know why certain teams do and why certain teams don't. Obviously, the whole coaching divvying up is a very opaque process in the NFL. It's hard for us to find that kind of information. But to me, that would represent an organizational shift. Not the big one that we were all maybe hoping for or looking for, but it would it would represent Mike Tomlin saying, hey, over the years, let's say his reasoning is he doesn't like to have too many cooks in the kitchen. Hey, I don't like to have too many assistant coaches. I don't think that that works. We had a ton of success using a small number of assistant coaches, winning a Super Bowl, going to another one. I'm just not doing it. Okay, well, we have been banging our head against the wall for six years offensively, and nothing seems to be working. Why don't we change what we fundamentally think about how an offense can be run? Maybe we do need some more cooks in the kitchen kitchen because they got some better ideas than what we got going on in here. So I hope to see them do something like that, but time will tell. And I think we all kind of know how, how that works with the Steelers, especially after the Arthur Smith hire. Like, oh, okay. There wasn't going to be anything radically different. We're just going to hire a new guy. So we will see. I'll be psyched if they do that. Um, I'm not totally discouraged by the Arthur Smith signing. I think the initial shock of it just being like, damn it, you're going to the guy who had one of the worst offenses in the league for three years in a row. That's what we're taking. But, you know, if you take a little step back, <clears throat> There's some, some more talent on the Steelers roster, and I do think that that includes 
even with Bijan and Pitts and those guys are really talented. The Steelers have some similar talent that way. Better offensive line, yada, yada. And honestly, better quarterbacks too. So process, eh, not great. Results, we'll see. I think there's reasons to be encouraged. Don't love that they have to learn new terminology and that either Artie or the Steelers have to kind of learn a new philosophy with running gap versus zone. But uh, it's done a lot better than what the prior two offensive coordinators in Pittsburgh have done. At least the Steelers know what they want to be. And I think they want to be like the Lions. But obviously, we know Ben Johnson is an extremely innovative play caller. He's towards the top of the list there. but And they have a lot of talent in Detroit. But the Steelers have George Pickens. You need to give it your superstar. The last point I'll end with, I forgot to mention this in the in my whole Pickens tirade that I've been going on weekly here of why they need to get him the ball. I think of teams letting other teams off the hook. So Lamar Jackson just lost another playoff game, an AFC championship game. He just he and the Ravens just squandered a phenomenal chance to win the Super Bowl. Obviously the Niners are an awesome team. You don't know how that's gonna go, but the Ravens like six weeks ago, dominated the Niners in such a comprehensive way. And the Niners were healthy. Like they had, do they have all their guys for that one? Yeah, they had everybody playing in that game. And and Baltimore absolutely dominated them, intimidated Brock Purdy, and really threw Brock off of his game. And so you got to look at that and say, hey, the Ravens had a great chance to win the Super Bowl. And I think they had a great chance to win it that first Lamar Jackson year where they lost to the Titans in the playoffs. And I think the reason why they lose it is because they keep letting teams off the hook from having to defend Lamar Jackson. Why is he not running 15 times minimum in these playoff games? Like the whole conversation about Lamar being a real quarterback or not, I think has maybe tainted the minds of Lamar and the Ravens themselves. Cause it's like, you had two chances to win a Super Bowl. If you had just run like 20 times a game and you squandered them both and you'd be sitting here with two Super Bowls or at least one probably in your pocket right now and nobody's ever going to question you as a quarterback again because you get the Super Bowl and everyone says forever and ever like, all right, got multiple MVPs, a Super Bowl, like this is unimpeachable. This guy's a Hall of Famer, right? But I don't know if the Ravens are obsessed with trying to prove that he's a quarterback or just a throwing quarterback or something, but – I think that they let the Chiefs off the hook. Like, if you're playing the Ravens, yes, Lamar can make some great passes, but not to the level of Mahomes and Burrow and Herbert and 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 Stroud and these guys who dice you up. But when he runs, he's – I mean, how far off of Tyreek Hill is he? I mean, Lamar Jackson in the open field is one of the best runners at any position that we've ever seen. It's insane. That's what you're scared of when you play them. Oh, my God, he's taking off. Get him. If he's going to throw, yeah, sure. But what you're really scared of is him taking off. When you have A.B. and Martavis on the Steelers, if, if Martavis was getting more targets than A.B. in a playoff game, the Steelers are going to lose. Because you're letting them off the hook of like, hey, every team has tried to stop Antonio Brown. <laughs> Other teams know about double teams and tricky zone coverages. And guess what? None of it's working. This guy is always going to score. He's always going to get his yards. So we have to be really concerned with AB. And then if the Steelers came into the game and we're like, yeah, we're just going to use him as a decoy, the team would breathe a sigh of relief. And that's how I feel as a Steelers fan when Lamar just throws the whole game. Like, all right, cool. We don't have to try and tackle him because 
every other team has tried to figure out how to tackle Lamar and nobody can do it because he's better than everybody. And there's the stigma on running quarterbacks in the NFL because historically quarterbacks in the NFL were not good enough runners to survive that way because the defensive linemen are so much faster, yada, yada. Part of that might be because dudes who could really throw when they were kids and teenagers and college quarterbacks, teams wouldn't let them stay at quarterback. Like a Lamar Jackson may have not even been allowed to stay at quarterback his whole life if he were coming up in the 90s or something. And so we probably missed out on a bunch of guys who could have been superstars if you had just done it the right way. Because like I said, when you get to the NFL, you're as a quarterback, you're not just going to be able to run around everybody. Like all the great high schools and colleges, so many of those teams are led by running quarterbacks. But in the NFL, you're just not going to be fast enough. Well, unless you're Lamar Jackson, then you're definitely fast enough. We have so much evidence that you can do this. So I just think they really messed up that championship. And thank goodness we cannot have the Ravens going to the Super Bowl, let alone winning a Super Bowl. But I just think that they let the team off the hook. I think they need to look at Josh Allen and how he handles regular season versus playoffs. I mean, his rushing attempts seemingly double in the playoffs. And I'm not checking that statistically off of anything. I'm just, I think it seems kind of noticeable. And Josh Allen's an incredible runner. He's not Lamar Jackson, though. So to Lamar Jackson, I don't even think it's a field thing. I think they need to call more runs for him. And then he needs to be cooler about just, like, taking off. So let's call all these crazy runs we used to call in the Greg Roman era. And everyone said, I didn't have a real pass game then. And I, I understand that, but I don't know why nobody mentions the idea that they also just had no receivers that anybody would be scared of ever. And so what is how different does this look if they just have one really good receiver? Like – the Cincinnati Bengals don't have a pass game. They have one of the simplest passing attacks in the league, but they have a quarterback who distributes it and then sick receivers. So I don't necessarily think Greg Roman was this untenable solution. I think their receiver selection was a massive part of the problem, right? And so they should have been calling called runs for Lamar, and then Lamar, hey, spread them out. We're going to put them in shotgun. They're going to have to spy you. Literally no player in the NFL can spy you. And if somebody's not open, just take off. And then, by the way, you're going to have three or four wide-open 50-yard bombs over the course of this game if we commit to running you over and over again. And so that's just an NFL thought, general NFL thought that I've been looking at, but it, was, it relates back to the George Pickens thing to me, where Deontay, I mean, I don't know, he, he had a punt return touchdown against the Cardinals or something early in his career, but he doesn't exactly have a lot of 50-yard touchdowns. Like George Pickens is rattling him off like it's nothing. George Pickens, when he gets the ball in his hands, he's faster than people have given him credit for. Like when he gets it in his in his hands, he's running past people and breaking tackles. You cannot let them off the hook. And especially with someone like Kenny. I mean, even Tom Brady's gonna throw to his best targets all the time. But it's not like we're dicing him up with wide open people all the time. You can't just say, Oh, well, he's covered, he's double covered, you can't throw it to him. Don't let other teams off the hook. I hope Artie can can make that happen. And uh, obviously we know the running game will be a big part of that. And hopefully we're going to see some uh, consistent offense next year. That'd be awesome. I, I absolutely think it's a possibility. And I actually almost hate to tell you, it is my expectation. I think that the Steelers should come in to next season looking similarly to how they looked at the end of this season. Um, I, don't, I don't think they'll be better at the beginning of the season because I think there will be a learning curve for the new offense and the terminology. But they should be able to, to look the way they did in the final games, the Mason Rudolph games and all that stuff. So excited about that and uh, excited to watch the Super Bowl and excited to get to the draft and figure out who the Steelmen are picking up. Until next week, 
Hit us up at Twitter, Steelers Outpost, SteelersOutpost at gmail.com. Now, until next week, go Steelers. Okay, bye-bye.